Okay, welcome to episode six of the Little Aussie Podcast 2022, season two, whatever you want to call it. I think I think from this point on, we're just going to consider this kind of the trend because I think we had like 13 episodes and then kind of fell off a little bit, didn't have much time to do a podcast, didn't really have a space to do a podcast or anything like that. Um, and so and my fiance has joined the live the live stream on Instagram. Every time I do this podcast, I do stream it on Instagram on, okay, listen here, Media Company's Instagram. So go check it out. If you're interested, it, I record every Wednesday night. So usually I get a little, little bit of reactions. It's a little late right now. It's 1130, so I don't expect too much. And you have dog fur. And I have dog fur in my beard. Yep. Yep. That's the perks of having a miniature Australian Shepherd. But welcome to episode six. We're just going to continue the trend of, of calling it episode six, seven, eight. No no more of that season two, yada, yada, because I think, I think we're in a good spot where we can maintain relatively consistent. Thank you, Sydney. But I think we're at a point where we can remain relatively um, consistent with podcasting and, and producing something every week unless you know like a wedding comes up or something like that nothing too major might even still podcast that week um but yeah a lot has gone on uh this past week in the world of sports which is kind of you know of course what i want to stay focused on with this podcast with the twist of entertainment every now and then but I, before i get with that i just i just want to mess i just want to send a message to to anyone that is currently engaged to a woman or let me back up i want to send this message to any woman that is engaged to a man okay there is not a lot of things on this earth that you can i mean there's a lot you can do to upset a man but there is no one worse thing that you can do to your fiance as a as a woman then be talking about getting a new puppy and start showing your fiance pictures of potential puppies that, that you know you know your man would happily go get tomorrow and then and then say no we're not getting them now we have to wait that's just pure evil you can't show the pictures of the puppy the puppy has a name which would inevitably be changed but the puppy has a name it's got a cute little face and all that stuff, and you just decide, you know what, I'm just going to be mean today, and I'm going to tell him no, I, no puppy this weekend. That's just cruel. That's cruel, unusual, and I would say borderline unconstitutional. So, Sydney and I have been discussing, not very long, well, sort of long, about getting a new puppy. It is for sure going to happen, and we, we, we originally decided that we're going to get it after we actually get married, let the kind of craziness of planning a wedding die down and all that fun stuff, and and then get a puppy. But then tonight, we're sitting there on the couch, and I'm sitting here writing out the prompt for this podcast, and, and she's like, look at this little guy. And it's a little 10-week-old miniature Australian Shepherd. That's a, It's a blue merle, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go get him this weekend. And and of course, Sydney being being the woman in the relationship puts her foot down and tells me no and just makes me sad. 
So, congratulations, Sydney. You made me sad. She said, poor thing. So, enough of the puppy talk. Let's get into some of what's been happening in the NFL after week one of the preseason. So, obviously, I'm going to keep up with my Chicago Bears, and somehow they managed to beat the Chiefs. They won 19-14. to I don't know how they managed, but I'm being a little bit hopeful because that second-half team looked phenomenal. And right now, the quarterback room looks somewhat normal. You know, you have Justin Fields as a starter, and then you have Trevor Simeon as a backup, and I cannot for the life of me, remember who the heck the third string is. Simeon, I believe, is a decent backup. It's better than having like two star, two two potential starters and Andy Dalton and uh, Justin Fields or like Mitch Trubisky and Mike Glennon and I can't – Nick Foles and Nick Foles. And, and it's just it, – it's nice to have something that looks normal on paper. Madden comes out. If you're listening to this on Thursday, Madden comes out tonight, and it is actually nice that I have a team that isn't just in some weird, wonky quarterback, like, just purgatory. And so I'm, I'm glad that I can finally play with a Bears team that looked relatively normal. Excuse me. So, again, Simeon was the backup, and he actually had a pretty decent day for Chicago. He had the highest quarterback rating for Chicago at 115.1, which is actually a really good number for those of you that don't know football. Anything above 75, 75 is about average. Anything above that is like a pretty – it's a good game, and, of course, the higher you go, the better off. And then anything below like 45 is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So, Simeon had a really good day. Uh, didn't didn't have you know crazy crazy stats, but ultimately had a good day. Um, but there are a few takeaways that I had on on just watching the game, watching some highlights after the game, and all that fun stuff. First things first, Darnell Mooney, dog, and then of course Tajay Tajay Sharp, dog. Now Tajay Sharp, this is his first year with the Chicago Bears. He's on a one year. $1,035,000 contract, but I believe he could be a sleeper for the Bears and and just solely judging off of this first preseason game, I, I, I if that's all I have to go off of, which it is all I have to go off of, I can honestly say I think he could be a serious factor in the offense. Um, again, that's just after one game, so take that how take that how you will. He had two touchdowns this last game and a few other spectacular catches. Um, he was drafted by the Titans in round five, pick 140 in the 2016 draft. He spent three years with the Titans between 2016, 2019, one year with the Vikings in 2020 and one year with the Falcons last year in 2021. And he's very low on the depth chart right now. So like if you go on ESPN and you take a look at NFL teams depth charts, they got like three slots for wide receivers. So He's behind at least six people, could be the ninth man on the roster, could be the eighth man, could be the seventh man. So that's kind of where he stands. But again, based off of this game, I'd imagine through the preseason, we will probably see more of him on the field in Chicago. One thing that I'd also noticed with the Bears, they've got to work on their O-line. I know this has constantly been kind of a 
kind of an up and down situation, but they allowed five sacks during this game, which isn't like god awful, but it's not great either. One thing, another thing that really impressed me with this Bears team, this Bears defense and and Uberfluss, Uberfluss. I will learn how to say that at some point. But of course, he came from the Colts as the D, he was the defensive coordinator over there. But the second half Bears team, the second half Bears ended up allowing zero points to the Chiefs, which I thought, even though it's preseason, it is still pretty impressive because it's hard, even during preseason, to hold a team to absolutely nothing. And that ultimately is what, what helped win them the game because, you know, at first, the Bears were down 14 to nothing coming into the second half. But then Trevor Simeon threw a pass to Tristan Ebner, the former Baylor Bear. Uh, it was a 12-yard pass. And then the second score was a pass from Simeon to the former Tar Heel, Daz Newsom. And they were up 13 – or no, they were down 13 to 14 because I guess they missed a field goal or a two-point conversion. I cannot remember what it was. But then they finished out the game with two field goals, finished the game 19 to 14 to win the game. So, great start to the season for my Chicago Bears. So, another thing I want to talk about on this podcast and stay relatively consistent with as the season goes on is Sam Howe and how he continues to do throughout the season because Sam Howe, this is one player who I'm watching pretty heavily because I believe he was a year below me whenever I was in high school. He was a junior, I was a senior, he played at a school probably about 20 to 30 minutes down the road, uh, Sun Valley, which is where my dad, I believe, went for two years. And then, of course, my high school team met with him and his high school team at a seven-on-seven. And if I'm not mistaken, pretty sure we beat him. Let me just relive my glory days for a minute. But pretty sure we beat him in a seven-on-seven. Of course, I was a center, so I really had no part in that, but I was there to witness it. So... Sam Howell, he currently plays for the Washington Commanders, who of course played the Carolina Panthers this past weekend, and he actually had a relatively good day. He went 9 for 16 with 145 total passing yards and three carries, two of which were touchdowns. The first rushing touchdown that he had, he juked the ankles off of Carolina defender Aaron Mosby. And then the second rushing touchdown was just a simple little one-yard punch. They They were on the goal line. And they just made a little push, and he bounced off of the the, the Washington O line on the right side, and and ended up getting a touchdown. Following that, he proceeded to complete the two point conversion pass to Alex Erickson with two and a half minutes left to go in the game. But unfortunately, Matt Corral would then lead the Panthers down to field goal range. They would then kick it in, win the game, and then. Well, they would go in, they kick it in. So the score was 23 to 21. How would get the ball one more time for, or I think it might have just been one play. I didn't watch that game, but I believe it was just one play that he, um, that he had. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, just couldn't get the touchdown right there. Um, and so they ended up losing, but overall, based off what I saw from Sam Howell, it's the same Sam Howell I saw at Carolina. Just very accurate. The Duke could freaking zoot the ball downfield. I mean, there were a few passes where I'm like, how? how? Like, it, it just got down there almost instantaneously. You know, 40 yards, 50 yards downfield, and the ball's already down the field, like like with a snap. 
And so I think Sam Howell, you know, I, I believe the NFL predicted him to be like an average starter in the league at some point. I think he has the I think he has a high ceiling. I do think he has a high ceiling and he could he could go as far as you know, as anybody, you know, I think he could make playoffs one day easily and, and contend for a Super Bowl. I'd say that's a bit of a stretch, but you never know with some of these quarterbacks. So speaking of quarterbacks in Carolina, I want to talk about Carolina's quarterbacks briefly. Baker Mayfield seems to be the front runner, but neither Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold impressed me against the Washington Commanders just because Matt Rule you know, as they have this quarterback competition going on, he just decides, oh, let's put our four-string quarterback in, P.J. Walker, and have him take most of the snaps at quarterback. So there we go. Matt Rule, once again, just being an absolute moron. You, you have these two quarterbacks that you're trying to decide who's going to start for the season, and you don't give them nearly enough live reps to determine, you know, to help you determine who or not is going to be the starter. You know, you can see all you want in practice, but practice and game time are two totally different things. And I think anybody that's ever played the sport or coached the sport of football can can agree with that statement. It's different. You know, it just there's a whole different level of emotion and physicality to it than there is at practice. So uh, building off the Panthers now, you know, so we went from we went from Sam Howe and the commanders playing the Panthers to the Panthers quarterbacks. And I want to talk about. Carolina Panthers brawl with the Patriots. So one thing that I think on Twitter especially is kind of people are taking note of is that Baker Mayfield, he got right in the middle of that brawl. Like he was trying to pull dudes off of one another, pushing commanders around and and just getting into it. So I think a lot of Panthers fans really like that about Baker Mayfield. And that's something that these Oklahoma fans have been harping on me for a long time is you're not going to find a dude that is more dedicated to to his team and being being right there side by side with his team no matter what. And so I think Carolina Panthers fans are starting to get their first little taste of that with with this brawl. So I think it's good for Baker. I think it's good for his brand. I think it's good for the Carolina Panthers fan base to 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 have. So the Patriots they're going to host the Carolina Panthers this weekend. So it should be an interesting game after this. A lot of players were ejected from practice. I'm not sure if they're ejected from the game. Didn't do that much research on it, but just kind of wanted to throw my my kind of opinion and the whole Baker Mayfield getting in the middle of it out there. So moving on from, uh, not really moving on from individual teams, but the NFL Top 151 through 100 was released this past week. The Chicago Bears currently have two players on the list, number 98, David Montgomery, and number 84, Roquan Smith. So since this whole ordeal with Roquan Smith has come up, the Bears offered him a crappy contract, and Roquan Smith was like, you know what, this sucks, you don't value me, I want out. The Bears have since released a statement or or something along the lines that they want to come to a deal with Roquan. I mean, the dude's number 84 in the league. You know, he's a phenomenal linebacker. He's super young with a lot of upside. And you have to wonder, with this deal being presented to the table, to him, has the damage already been done? You know, you can offer him whatever you want at this point, but has the damage already been done? So I think it's a little different. You know, it's a it's a bad contract that they offered at first. And I can see how players can see that as disrespectful, and I totally level with them in that respect. 
What I also understand, too, is it's not like they brought in another linebacker to take his spot and just completely forget about him just at all and then not trade him to another team, you know, just like a week before training camp happens. So they didn't Cleveland Browns Roquan Smith. They just gave him a bad contract. So has the, the question is, has the damage already been done? My personal opinion, if it were me, I'd be, you know, I wouldn't have made it public. Obviously, it was made public by Roquan because it was big enough of a deal to him. And so with that, I would I would say that the, the damage is already done. But I would also, I would also, you know, if, if you looked at the contract and were like, you know, if it's the first contract they laid on the table, you know, easily just go, no, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to redo this. You know, state everything that you said. This is bad for the linebacker position, yada yada yada. You know, come up with something better, or else I'm I'm not signing it. I'm not extending, and I want to trade. So obviously, something had to happen behind closed doors for Roquan to feel like he had to go public with it. So has the damage already been done? Yes. I think it could have been handled a little bit better. The Carolina Panthers do have one player between 51 and 100. That is their defensive end, Brian Burns. So I'm, I don't have much information on him. I'm, he's been here. He's been in Carolina for a few years. That's about all I know about Brian Burns. So to finish off the NFL segment, I would, I had a question come in this weekend. So for those of you that don't know, I used to work at the Bass Pro in Concord, North Carolina. And one dude that came into the store one day, and I didn't recognize him at first, and it kind of took me a second. It took me a little bit of Googling. But there's this dude that came in, had super long black hair, and just, you know, he came in, looked like he had all the money in the world, and he was like, you know, set me up with a rod and reel. You know, I, I need something to go out on. And of course, I asked him, I was like, okay, do you need something for salt water or fresh water? And he's like, oh, it doesn't really matter, something for both. And of course, I'm like, oh, well, salt water wise, there's fresh water wise, you, you know, you can you can use salt water and fresh water, but like get a fresh water wise. Like, it just, if you got all this money, just go ahead and get them both. Well, as he's looking around, I turned to one of my coworkers and I'm like, yo, I think, I think that's Will Greer. And so, of course, I, I, took a mental note of the tattoo that he has on his arm. And I believe it had like some pine trees and like a cross or something on it. And so sure enough, I look up on Google. I'm like, Will Greer tattoo. And I look it up. Boom. There it is. I'm like, okay, that is Will Greer. And at this time I was probably two weeks into my job, did not know a thing about rods and reels. And yet somehow they made me the department lead. Don't know how that one happened. And I ended up like putting just some, I ended up putting it was a it was a it was a Johnny Morris carbon light spinning reel on a it was a pin I think it was a pin battle rod like some something ridiculous like that it was like a yeah it was a pin battle rod which is a saltwater rod for all my for all my people that don't know fisher fishing um but it was just a weird combination it worked it was a decent combination but it it sure was wonky for for you know a quarterback to come in and be like you know hook me up with something and I'm I'm sure he probably went out on the lake or something people were probably judging him like crap so Will Greer if you hear this I apologize for selling you that I was very ignorant didn't know what the heck I was talking about but I was a little too starstruck to really stray away from you so 
the question that I received this past week is where is Will Greer? Where's he at? Is he still playing football? So I believe he's he's 27, I believe, 27-ish. And currently, to answer that question, and this came in from a fan last week, like where where's Will Greer on the live stream? And currently he is sitting third string for the Dallas Cowboys behind Dak and Cooper Rush. He's currently listed as questionable, and he did not play this Sunday against the Broncos. That could be bad news for Will Greer. He's questionable. He's not getting any any live reps. Coaches aren't able to see what he can do in a game-time situation. And so he's with the Cowboys right now. But if I had to take a good guess, because Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush are above him, and then I can't remember Dallas's other backup. It's like You'll know it if, if you hear it. Um, but they have another quarterback that's been with them for, for a few years. And if he does not get any preseason reps, they already have three quarterbacks. I, I don't see him being with the Dallas Cowboys very long. So that is all the NFL content I have. With that, I want to transition into talking about the 2022 to 2023 Bojangles Perfect Week Challenge on OKListenHere.com. So for those of you that do not know, for those of you that are just now hearing this for the very first time and hearing about it, Basically, what happens is every week we put out a little survey, a little survey sheet for you on OKListenHere.com under the Sports tab at the Bojangles Perfect Week Challenge tab. You got to go all those steps. I got links everywhere. It's not very hard to find. And so every single week we'll put out a list for you to predict who's going to win each NFL game. And if you if you accurately predict every single game in a given week, we will give you a $100 gift card to the OK Listen Here online store. And if you vote and you have the most accurate predictions in a week this year, since it is sponsored by Bojangles, we'll be giving you a $25 gift card to Bojangles. And we will be handing those out in the regular season and all 18 weeks, there will be a winner. We will send somebody a $25 Bojangles gift card every single week of the regular season. It's super fun, super exciting. People really seem to get into it. Actually, just received word that last year's champion, uh, he did not do it last week, but he did it this week. Since it's preseason, it's really just for fun right now, but once the regular season hits, it's serious. Um, but he voted this week. Uh, but this week, we did have two returners come in and have the most accurate predictions. Cami Mundell and Cooper Williams currently lead the preseason rankings with just nine accurate predictions, nine out of 16 this week. So two very familiar names in the challenge. So thank y'all for coming back and participating, and I'm super excited to have y'all back. I'm sure y'all will see some Bojangles gift cards heading your way during the regular season. This week, nobody predicted that the Browns would beat the Jaguars. Not a soul. But... On the flip side, and this could just be because of the market that you know my brand is in and has a lot of following, everybody predicted that the Panthers would beat the Commanders, and they were correct. So go y'all for that one, but y'all suck for not thinking that the Browns would beat the Jaguars. So that's the Bojangles Perfect Week Challenge. Again, if you are interested in participating in our preseason festivities, go to oklistenhere.com, go to the top, Click on sports and then 
click on the Bojangles Perfect Week Challenge tab, and on there you will see the rules for it, you will see the rankings for it, and then you will see the form that you have to fill out. You do your name, your email, and then you pick who you think is going to win, and then you may win some Bojangles gift cards. You may win some OK Listen Here online store gift cards. There's all kinds of things. So with that being said, we are going to transition to college football. Okay, so let's transition this podcast to talk about a little bit of college football. This past week, the first AP Top 25 finally came out. It is it is officially football season. Football is here, and I'm so hyped for it. I'm absolutely so hyped for this football season. There's a lot of you know a lot of confusion up in the air with with the changing of conferences and all that, and so. This is the last little bit of traditional college football that we're going to get. Um, and so I'm enjoying it while it's here, but I'm also looking forward to the changes that are coming. Uh, I believe I've touched up on this in a, in a, in a previous podcast, but you know, with, with teams moving from conferences, you know, there, there's going to be some super conferences being made, especially the big 10 and the sec. I think it's good for these other smaller teams for these, you know, your OUs and your Texas and your UCLAs and your maybe not UCLA, but like USC to join the Big Ten because it's going to give these smaller schools an upper, you know, a better opportunity to win a conference, create a brand for themselves, become more relevant in the sport, you know. And so you're going to have, you know, your, your four power conferences like usual. But then all these lower conferences, I think the competition is going to be even greater. So you're not going to have – you know, the same team winning it over and over and over and over again, you're going to have a little bit of diversity um, to start off with. And so, like teams like Cincinnati, for instance, like, yes, they've been a very good team for a very long time, but because they're not going to be in a Power 5 conference, you know, if they decide to split everything up into divisions, you have your Power 4, and then you have your Group of 5, and they're just like separate divisions. You have your D1, Power Power 4, D1, group of five, D1, FCS, D2, D3. You know, I think it's good. I think it, I think it'd be good for football. I think it'd be good for these smaller schools. And I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what the future holds for college football because football is football is football is football. So, but that's not what we're here to, to really discuss. What we're here to discuss is the AP Top 25. So, at 25, we have BYU, 24, Houston, 23, Cincinnati, which kind of, it kind of surprises me that they're down that far. I haven't kept up with Cincinnati all that much, but I'd imagine because they are that far down, they probably just lost a lot of players and and are no longer like, like that relevant anymore. At 22, we have our first ACC team, Wake Forest. And then at 21, we have our first SEC team, Ole Miss. Following that is 20, Kentucky, and then another SEC team. So, so 19, 20, and 21, all SEC teams. And 19, we have Arkansas. 18, we have our first Big Ten team, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. And then at 17, Pittsburgh. Even though they lost Kenny Pickett, they're still up in the top 25 from the ACC. And then we go to 16, Miami, another ACC team. Number 15, Big Ten, Michigan State. 14, current Pac-12, future Big Ten, USC. 
Shout out to that snake Lincoln Riley for doing that. Number 13, this one kind of surprises me a little bit because you know what? I'm actually going to I'm I'm actually going to look a little bit on what the deal is. So number 13 right now is NC State. And I don't think NC State was all that in a bag of chips last year. So yeah, oh, okay, so they were decent. Okay, so they finished the season pretty well. Okay, they finished 9 and 3 in the season. And they lost to Wake Forest, beat Florida State, beat Syracuse, beat Carolina. Who else did they beat? They beat did they they beat Clemson. Okay, that probably does it. They beat Clemson last year. So that explains a good little bit. And then let's take a look at their quarterback. So their quarterback, Devin Leary, is coming back this season. So that'll be exciting for the Wolfpack. And I think as much as I'm not a big fan of, of the NC State Wolfpack, I think they'll make a good run for the ACC this year. So they currently sit at number 13, and who knows? Maybe they can maybe they can be the ones that actually de- they could dethrone Clemson again this year and take over the top four. And as much as I hate to say it, be in the college football playoffs. So number 12, I believe this is our first Big 12 team. Let me check that. Okay, so yeah, our first Big 12 team is Oklahoma State. Number 11, Oregon, another Pac-12. And then here we go, another Big 12, Baylor at 10. And then Sydney's Oklahoma Sooners sitting at a fat number 9. <coughs> Excuse me. And I can't say that that really surprises me. I might. As we go on with these rankings, I'll tell you where I'll tell you where I put them. Just let me finish reading them out. Number eight, we got Michigan. Seven, Utah. Six, Texas A&M. Five, Notre Dame. Four, Clemson. Three, Georgia. Two, Ohio State. One, Alabama. So one, two, three, four, five, six. I agree with. Once we get to seven, eight, nine, uh, I believe Michigan could be a good number seven, and then you could kind of put Utah at eight or nine in Oklahoma, again, in the same same area as, as Utah, eight or nine. So, and actually, the coaches poll agrees with me here. So, the coaches poll goes Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, Texas A&M, Utah, Oklahoma. So, they kind of agree with me there. So, that actually makes me feel good. So, nothing much more surprises me here. Um what does surprise me, and I'll, I'll I'll move on to the coaches poll. What surprises me about the coaches poll here is seeing Texas at 18. And I'm not just saying this because I'm now a Sooners fan and I don't like Texas, but I'm saying this because Texas last season finished one, two, they fin hold on, one, two, three, four. They finished the season six and one with a win to Kansas State. And I get that they've done a lot of good recruiting, but they also lost to Kansas last year. And they finished the season 5-7 and seven and a loss to Kansas. So, I know that recruiting plays a big role in the success of your team. I don't doubt that because of that, Texas is going to see results. Oh my God, they even, they even have a number one. They even have a first place. What? That, okay, that doesn't make any sense to me. Whatever coach put out there that Texas should be number one, you're a moron. You're an absolute moron. 
That's ridiculous. You, you got to be stupid. Whoever that coach is, fire him. That's just stupid. That's stupid football IQ. An idiot could freaking know that Texas should not be the number one team in the country. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little heated over this. This this is just stupid. You know what? I hope I I hope that this poll goes to all these Texas fans' heads because they all the time saying Texas is back and Texas is never back. That's one thing that I believe got me my fiance is I did not like Texas because they were always saying, just like the Cowboys, Texas is back. The Dallas Cowboys are back. Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Texas is back. Okay? They're one in the same. They're one in the same. Okay? And so because I was so annoyed from Texas saying they were always back and I hated the Cowboys and Texas, Texas, I hated Texas. And because Oklahoma was Texas's rival and always put them in their place, I liked Oklahoma for that reason. And then, of course, I meet Sydney, become an actual Oklahoma Sooners fan, and it's just even better now. Now I just get even more heated at the topic. Texas is not back. Texas will not be back. You will not see Texas and USC competing for a national title for a very, very long time. I don't care what any of the fans think. It's not going to happen. It's stupid. It's the stupidest thing you could ever think in your life. It happened one time. It's not happening again. Stop being a moron. Whew. Okay, I'm, I'm done with my rant. I promise. Okay, so I don't know much about FCS, though I did work for the FCS. But I'm going to list off an FCS coaches poll right here and kind of react to it. So, at number 25, we have Richmond. Go Richmond. They used to play the Charlotte 49ers. I uh, believe they were in the Atlantic 10 Conference back whenever I was a kid. And I used to always remember there's just big spider on the wall in this basketball arena because we had season tickets to the Charlotte 49ers. Rhode Island sitting at number 24. Mercer, a SOCON team at 23. 22, UC Davis, 21, Northern Iowa. I watched a little, I watched a few Northern Iowa games last season. I don't know why, but I did. Number 20, Weber State, 19, Delaware, 18, Holy Cross, 17, Jackson State. I'm not sure I understand this one, and I'll tell you why here in a few picks or in a few ranking, a few, few, a few ranks up. God. 16 is Southeast Louisiana. 15 is UT Martin. 14 is in, in Incarnate Word. Okay. Okay, and 13 is Chattanooga. So here's what I don't understand. I don't know how Chattanooga, another SOCON team, can be ranked above Jackson State, who has like four and five-star recruits. I, I don't understand that. And I know that I just said with Texas, I know you get good recruits, but that doesn't make you immediately good. But at the FCS level, if you're getting four or five-star recruits, that's going to be game-changer. So Jackson State being at 17 kind of surprises me. At 12, we have Eastern Washington. At 11, another SOCON team. Okay, so we got three SOCON teams in the FCS coaches poll. East Tennessee, who I can't remember if Western beat them or not last year. And now I have now I have to go look. Now I have to go look. Did Western Carolina beat? Did they beat them last year? And the answer to that question is no. They did not. They lost. Okay. Because Eastern Tennessee is our rival. That's Western Carolina's rival since App State, you know, left and went on to do bigger things, whatever. Can't compete with them. Okay. So Eastern Tennessee, East Tennessee is at 11. Stephen F. Austin, 10. Southern Illinois, 9. Missouri State, 8. Sacramento State, 7. Kennesaw State, 6. Villanova, 5. Montana. And, of course, Everyone knows these top four. 
Montana State at number four, number three, South Dakota State, number two, Montana, and number one, of course, is North Dakota State. So I'm going to open up the complete, okay, the complete rankings tell me absolutely nothing. Okay. I was hoping to see where Western Carolina landed, but that doesn't tell me anything. So we have, um, I'm actually going to do D2. I'm not going to go through all the D2, but one thing I will mention is that the Lenore Ryan Bears are sitting at a fat number 19. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that they play the number one team in Division II, Ferris State, who has all of the first the first rank um, votes. And I believe they play them week one. Let's go take a look at that real quick while I'm sitting here thinking about it. Lenore Ryan. Schedule release. Okay. So September 3rd, Lenore Ryan plays Virginia State. And then they actually... Okay, so they host Virginia State on September 3rd. And then they host the number one Division II team, Ferris State, on September 10th. That's going to be a big game. Shout out to my boy Carson, who is the long snapper over there. That's TK's brother. Shout out to him and go beat the Bulldogs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that is me reacting to what is going on in the world of college football right now. And again, Texas fans, it's time for you to give it up. It's not happening. So it's just not. All right, we're gonna end this this uh, this podcast with with just a few more little things, and we're gonna talk about uh, the big. I don't get into NBA too terribly much. That's a lot to cover, other than like the trades and all that fun stuff. But big thing coming out this week is LeBron's extension. He was extended this year. Was supposed that this the twenty twenty two to twenty three was supposed to be his last season with the Lakers. They extended him for. Two years with, uh, well, they extended them for three years with the last year being a player option. So in 2024-25, he'll be able to pick and choose, like, yes, I want to stay with the Lakers. No, I don't want to stay with the Lakers. But he was signed for at least two years, $97.1 million. What do you do with $97.1 million? I would not even know how to spend that kind of money. But here's where the story gets interesting on this. So he's for sure going to be with the Lakers for the next three seasons, possibly four. But that fourth season, and I know LeBron set this up, that fourth season, that 2024-25, his son is eligible for the NBA draft. Bronny is eligible for the NBA draft in 2024. So I do firmly believe that we might be able to see uh, – actually, let me back up. I know it's going to happen. LeBron might sign for the absolute league minimum if it means he gets to play with his son. He's already gotten more – he's already earned more money than anyone that's ever played the game of basketball. And um, and so if, if he has to take his last two, three seasons to go play with his son and play, play the league minimum, I fully believe that he would. Um, and so – I think the NBA in, in in a few years from now is going to be absolutely exciting to see that duo. I've never been a fan of LeBron James. Uh, you know, it's the reason I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, they they 
Oklahoma City challenged LeBron to in in the championship back in 2012. Of course, I hated LeBron. Rooted for Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Sergi Blocka, and all of them. And then Kevin Durant left for Golden State, and then that just solidified me liking Russell Westbrook even more. And James Harden left, and blah 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 blah. blah. But I've never liked LeBron. But I think seeing LeBron play with his son, I think that's going to be something that is so fun to watch. And I think for the first time since being an, a fan of the NBA, I think for the first time ever, I would actually root for them two to win a championship together. I think it would be crazy if LeBron and Bronny played on the same team went and won a championship in that first season together. LeBron retires, and Bronny takes over the James legacy in the NBA. So that's all I got for you today. That's it. That's the podcast. So check out OKListenHere.com. Of course, go participate in the Bojangles Perfect Week Challenge. Go check out a bunch of our other, our other projects we have going on. Sydney Chronicles is popping off like ever. The 62 Journal, also popping off. And Gizmo, also, uh, Gizmo got banned off TikTok. He had to get it appealed. So, I believe he got it back. I could, I, I got to follow up on him on that. But I believe he got, he got, his account got deleted from TikTok. So, that that's never fun. But, without further ado, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. If you're still listening at this point, I greatly appreciate it. Tune back in next week. Visit OKListenHere.com. Vote in the Bojangles Perfect Week Challenge. Follow us on Instagram at OKListenHere Media Company. Follow us on Facebook at OKListenHere Media Company LLC. That's all the shout-outs. The podcast is now over.